Welcome to Success Unlimited with America's success thought leaders, Tim and Tom Simmons. This podcast is dedicated to exploring the journeys of thought leaders, business leaders, authors, speakers, podcasters, and various individuals' journeys to success and the challenges they had to overcome along the way. We are very thankful that you decided to listen in to our podcast. Like and subscribe to Success Unlimited's podcasts and socials to receive updates when new episodes are released. Do you have an idea of who you'd like to hear? Let us know by commenting on our socials or by emailing info at mymentorhq.co. Now, we hope you enjoy this episode of Success Unlimited. And welcome to Success Unlimited podcast. And with us, we have guest uh, Sharon Miller, known as the Google Gale. And we're going to get into her story, her successes, her challenges that she's that she's faced and how she overcame them. Um, welcome, Sharon. Glad you are with us today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Um, so you're known as the Google Gal. Um, how'd you come up with, how, how'd that name come to be? Yeah. So, you know, I always tell people like you have God moments in your life. And um, as I've gone through my career, I just saw where the marketing world was going. And back in like 2014, 2015 time period, I went to this Google event that was being held in Cincinnati. And um, I just happened to sit next to the guy who was the creator of Google 360 walkthrough tours. Oh my God. And found out that his office was in Cincinnati, not far from my office. And we really hit it off when I talked to him, told him that I was a business consultant and helped like 178 businesses over the last like 12 years grow from a startup to become, you know, successful businesses for majority of them. And and we talked about like these walkthrough tours and the power of them. Well, then we got talking about like how they're, you know, the only way that right now you could touch what that point was called the Google My Business panel was to have a 360 shoot. And I said, can I start selling them? Well, the first year I sold 166 to his 62. And we got to the point that like I started getting able to learn about the Google My Business panel. And in 2016, Google decided to bring people on to help with that panel. And my company was one of them that was selected. So then I began going around and teaching classes around this. How do you how do you, you know, gain access to the panel? What do you have to do? What can you all do? And at that point, it was really name, address, hours, and phone number. You know, there wasn't really much of, and, and, and your logo, there wasn't much else to the panel, but right. yet, you know, I was going around to chambers and networking events and I was putting on my own things at all the local libraries from, from, you know, from Ohio to Indiana, down to Kentucky and all the way down to Nashville, Tennessee. And wow. by 2018, Google had added all this stuff to your Google business profile panel because Google had basically found out that they didn't get the information they really needed to push your data out. Um, so they started creating this panel and adding services, Q&A, all this kind of stuff. And my business grew along with it. By 2018, I was I had become known and introduced around as the Google guy. I don't even think people knew I had a first name. And, um, you know, or, and so that's what I became named at. And so, you know, wow. with Google and, and everything else. And they just said, well, just become the Google gal. So how far is your how far does the Google Gal reach extend? Um, is it just it's globally? Oh my we've God. got clients. We've got clients over in Europe and stuff that take my courses and uh, in other areas of the world. 
Oh my gosh, that's that's awesome. So, how many companies do do does do Google employ? How many how many businesses are like yours out there? Well, at one point, I knew that we had around fifteen that kind of did what we did very specifically. I honestly can't tell you that anymore because we don't have like little meetings like we used to. We have now we have meetings and and other areas of Google's kind of been pulled into it as they've, you know, I don't know if most people are probably where they cut their workforce by about 30% about a year and a half ago. Wow. And so um, with that being said, you know, they've, they've made a lot of changes internally and in even like the way that they track stuff in their data. But regardless, I mean, I know, you know, I know where I stand. I work with another company that does what I do that's in Portland, Oregon. And in 2017, the two of us and a gentleman that owns the three that has the 360 um, he's actually the google 360 photography expert in for the world he's their master and we created our own software in google um, around the what's now called google business profile panel and so um well, i don't really there's one gentleman in europe that i know that there's you know spends some time on some of our calls but um, you know, we, we handle pretty much North America. So we spend a lot of time, you know, the kind of the three of us together, making sure we know what's going on. And, you know, we've, we've expanded our businesses kind of jointly together through that as well. Wow. What are the, uh, so how are you different than say another marketing agencies? And if, so for someone that doesn't know a whole lot about marketing agencies, um, how are you different? So most marketing agencies, they'll do like search engine optimization, SEO work. Okay. When they do that, they're more worried about like content, pushing things out, getting it out on social media. We only touch Google stuff. So basically the main place Google goes, the first place they go to learn about your business is your panel and, and is your profile panel. And so for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, it's that panel yeah. you land on and search and map. So on the right hand, it's going to pop up on the right hand side of your, you know, your, um, of your um, <clears throat> desktop, or you're going to find it in Google Maps or Chrome on your thing, and you're going to open it up, and it provides you information about a business. So, so it's your Google Business Profile panel, and um, so when you do that, it it provides all this information to Google. So Google goes there first because Google's now set that panel up to say, we need you to put your services in, we need you to put your products in, we uh -huh. need you to give us Q and A. We need you to provide us photos. You need to go out and get reviews. And that's where Google now sends search to first. That's our first focus when we bring in a client. Is that to like, is that to like uh, combat or kind of compete against like the Apple Maps and, and, and the Yelps? And Well, so I would say that this doesn't even compete. They're, they're not even close to a competitor because you're talking a mapping system, which is going to drive you somewhere. I'm talking about an educational panel that is going to allow somebody to understand your business in depth before they even go to your website or anything from there. Okay. Wow. Most people, when we're done with their panel, building it out, it's going to have more information on it than they're ever going to put on their website. <laughs> we're going to break their services down. If they tell us we have this product. We interview them and say, give me your step-by-step -step process from the minute you know that that person is interested in your business. Oh, to wow. the point that you're done doing their work or you're you've got them on a monthly program wow. and we will build out the product as the product writing it up figuring out who their ideal clients are 
and we interview them and, and narrow that down in a very defined way. And then we go back using Google's AI system, because if you all don't know, Google has their own system. Now it's called BARD. And we go back through that process and reverse that, engineer that. So we're writing huh. to meet Google's new algorithm. So, so you're kind of like an AI, AI engineer almost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because if you don't understand that, we had a client um, about, mm, so, so let, me, let me back up one thing. For those of you who are not aware that in October of 2022, Google made a major algorithm change. When Google looks at your business now, it's called client forward facing marketing. And okay. that means that when they look at your website and they look at your Google business profile panel, if you have not defiantly, you know, with, with great definition, told them who your client is so they know who to bring to you, you're losing in the game of search. And November 8th of 2023, they officially flipped the switch. So they've given you a year to clean your stuff up. And we've already seen people who've had major, major drops, especially in their website. Wow. Because now Google is looking at the world saying you're searching for something. And if you haven't told Google they're who you're searching for and explain to them that you understand that client, you understand their problems, and you've explained to Google why you are the person you should be, they should send you to, you're losing. Because that's wow. how, that is how, um, I guess I'd say how well Google has defined search now. And it's no longer about what you do. It's about who you do it to and proving to Google why you. Wow. That's, that is fascinating. So something you mentioned, I know we've had a conversation in the past. I want to, I want to kind of take a, a rabbit trail just a minute. You used to, own a business consulting service and some of those have been successful. Um, can, can you tell us about some of your success you've had in the business consulting world? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's like, I'll give you a couple of different examples. There was a company um, that they called me in 2009, right after the market had crashed. And they were one of the leading manufacturers in the United States in making casino chairs. Well, casinos were struggling just like everybody else was at that point in time. And we had, they needed somebody to come in and help them to figure out how to repurpose their business. And they, um, we worked through a process of deciding how to market to homes and, you know, sell their chairs, you know, their bar chairs to homes and sell their, you know, sell casino tables and, you know, and, and then chairs along with it, you know, like a poker table and stuff like that. So okay. we started working with companies that made poker tables to be the provider of the chairs. We started manufacturing because they manufactured everything in the United States. We started manufacturing the, the steel frames in China, sending them over here. And the sad part is, is we were getting them done for about 20% of the cost. We did come over here and their big thing they did was cover them and make them look beautiful and have these big soft cushiony you know, frame. So, so that's what they did in house. They would have a manufactured too somewhere in the United States and bring here. And their big thing was they covered them, you know, so they got to continue to do what they did and keep and be able to price the chairs to sell into homes. Now, all of a sudden they were selling to the local bars, they were selling into homes and that business in the long run outsold within two years, 
the revenue that they were ever making selling into casinos. But they still have that side of the business too. It's a much larger market. Now, much larger market. What recommend what recommendations or what role did you play as a business consultant in that business? Yeah. So I helped to figure out like what we were going to do. I knew some, I, I had contacts through my business world that helped us to kind of put some of this in place. And they had some contacts to figure out how to get this China part done, you know, or get a manufactured somewhere outside the United States or somehow to cut that cost of the, of the steel frame manufacturing aspect of it. And so, and then I re, I wrote their new business plan. So we came up with what the plan was and then we had to go out and raise capital because they were financially struggling. So to launch this new division of their company or, you know, we had to sit down and get their board's approval. And we went out and did a, did a $250,000 raise because we had to buy a lot of material in advance of ever selling it. Yeah. And so, um, so we were, we ended up getting about 25% of those funds done through selling equity and the new division of the company, we were rolling to this home division. So we, we set up a secondary company to roll that out. Um, and so we sold stock in that company That's to raise the funds to launch strategy. that piece of it, not using any capital or anything from the, uh, from the parent company. And then, and, then, and then ended up you know, um, getting enough funds that we could go into a bank and a bank based off the putting security in the parent company gave us money to do the rest of it. So we raised about 50,000 and then borrowed 200,000. I wow. think we only ended up using about 175,000 to actually get it up and running, but it allowed us to have money sitting in the bank. So we looked stronger. Yeah, that, that is a interesting business strategy. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. And so you've been around the business world for a long time. Uh, in, a, in different roles as marketing, as a business consultant, as CEO. Um, what are some of the biggest challenges that you've had to face in your professional roles? I think two, two things. First of all, I think one of the biggest things is um, when you have a startup company or you're at a point where you've stalled out. Okay. And you is having people look at their business in a little different of a way. Because even whether you're whether you're a startup business or your business that's just trying to figure out why why am I not growing at the rate I was growing, right? It's not always marketing. A lot of people are like, oh, I got to market money, or or they're saying I don't have money for marketing, you know, because I'm putting everything in here and I still got to pay bills and help. And that happens to a lot of people because when you're a startup or a small business, you know, your house and your and your business become one when it comes to financials. You know, we all know that. So I think the biggest thing is for people to understand that you've got to sit down with somebody and write a business plan and you need to update it every single year. You need to understand your numbers really, really well. And one of the biggest things I see people make the mistake of is they don't have a, an Excel sheet that says, if I make this much and I have this much in expenses, I need this much to cover taxes. If I make a profit, I need this much to keep my business going. I need this much in overhead remaining when it's done and back those numbers back up and make sure number one, your pricing just made all the rest of those numbers make sense. Some people just throw numbers out there and they right. don't, they don't define that all the way down. I've had people I've given, I give a lot of people my Excel sheet that I use when I price my products and they're like, well, why do you need that number? 
well, don't you want to market for your own business? They're like, why do you have a marketing marketing number of 10%? I'm like, because 10% of everything you need that you make needs to go back into your marketing. Because if you're not continuing to market your business, marketing your business, you're not figuring out whether your marketing is working, right. what you're, how you're, how you're promoting your product is working and you and you're also not growing the business because you're not out there doing something with that spending it so and then i, I also tell people that marketing budget a, per, a portion of that has to be externally seen meaning like your people wearing shirts wrapping your vehicles things like that and then the rest of it needs to be spent on a digital front because we live in a digital world the so written goals having KPIs or key performance indicators of having a financial plan, reverse engineering your, your, your processes and pricing your services or products accordingly. Um, that's that sum it up. Yes. And then okay. the other problem I see business owners having is that they don't want to give up equity hmm. when it's required to grow the business or they don't want to believe their business has a problem. That's huge. Yeah, that, that is a, they're either the ego, their lack of knowledge. I find that the, the, the more successful people, they're really smart. And the more they know, the more they realize they don't know what they don't know. And they seek expert emphasis on expert help. Yeah. <laughs> I have a business coach. Yeah. Well, I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. if you're going through marital issues, you you, you go seek a therapist. If you're going, if you're planning for retirement, you go seek a financial planner. Uh, if you're in business, you should have a business coach. Yeah. Yep. You know, and, and I teach a master class. And so it's $4,000. It's a six week intensive class around branding your business to rank on Google. Wow. I have 23 people in my class right now. We're in week, we just finished week two. We're going to week three. I had seven people that I had 30 minute calls with this week because they're struggling with their homework. Because this week their homework was creating one ideal avatar for your business. And I taught them how to reverse engineer that back to their company. Mm -hmm. And they were struggling on that reverse engineering process because some of them weren't actually getting to the type of business that they do. And I said, then you are asking the wrong questions because through Google, they will never find you until you start figuring out the right questions. So we had to go out and find some competitors of theirs, or I call them like, you know, adversaries in industry, you know, because they may not be a competitor, but you do the same thing, just maybe in a different area of the country and look at how they were talking about themselves. Look at, they've got Q and A on their website and then start figuring out. And the one gal, we had to ask like six questions before we got to a question that actually brought us to data that Google returned to us that was talking about the same stuff she talks about. Wow. Um, I'm going to, all this information is just mind blowing. It's, it's almost leaving me speechless, but I, I, there's a, here we are going into our, we're almost basically into 2024 now. Yeah. And I can't believe I'm going to ask this question. This question should not be an issue, but yet it still continues to be an issue. Um, but I am curious, uh, have you run across challenges as a female in the business world as a CEO? I, I wouldn't say that I do now. And that's just because I am such a 
known industry expert that, you know, now I get to the point that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm asked to, you know, speak on national stages, you know, about branding your business for Google and and just helping people to elementary in an elementary level to understand Google. I mean, I, I offer a free 90 minute class. If you go out to our website, you can find it. And I talk about, and I will teach, and I will talk you and walk you through as a business owner, the elementary process of, of just the basics of Google for your business. And um, I do it all the time. And when I do, when I speak on a stage, it's normally where I'm starting is that very elementary level of Google. So people understand how important Google is, but at a, at a rate that, you know, uh, I can walk into a high school and explain it and the high school kids will understand it, you know? Um, but I would say that um, early on I did, I mean, I was an executive at a bank for years and as a bank executive um, there were many times that I would, you know, be overlooked. I mean, I'll give you a funny example and this isn't really like business related directly, but my company had a Christmas outing and the vice president over our division came in from Cleveland, Ohio. And, um, so the other gal who was at the same level I was, you know, we were invited to it and we were sitting there and they, and the guys jokingly said, Oh, you girls want to play pool? Well, Mary and I both had pool tables in our homes and we're like, oh, yeah, I guess, you know, we can play some pool. And they're like, okay, just be ready. Well, we beat them three games. <laughs> and they both said, well, why didn't you tell us you knew how to play? And we're like, cause you assumed we didn't. <laughs> yeah. The, um, so you mentioned that you're, you're you're at a point you don't face that discrimination now, um, but it leads way you answer that question maybe it makes me believe that in, in the past you might have, and I've talked to a few uh, female CEOs that they still struggle with it. Yeah. Uh, so, what advice would you give a female CEO or a small business owner that's having to juggle? Maybe it's their single mom, maybe they're married, but they have there's a lot of pressure, uh, not just on business. But at home, it's like you're doing two yeah. full-time jobs. Um, so I think the one thing that I can give you advice for, because we're women and we like to tell people our problems, is keep in mind a lot of men, they they know how to walk out of that door and separate that. And you have to figure out how to do that too. And you got to figure out how to read the room. So you need to figure out if like these guys are real chit chatty and they're talking about their personal lives and stuff like that, then figure out if you've got something in your personal life that, that can add value to the conversation. I, when I was a CEO of a bank, I read the wall street journal, the USA today. I would watch the news in the morning. You know, I would do all these things and I definitely watched ESPN sports center because I knew when I got, while, while I was riding the train from Philadelphia to New York, I had 72 minutes to absorb anything that I possibly could (laughs) because when I got up to wall street that day, I was going to be circled around a group of men and they were going to be talking sports or what's going on in the world's economics and all of that type of stuff. And I needed to keep myself abreast, but I knew the guys that I could chit chat and they would say, Oh, my wife's got this going on, that going on. And I can help them relate and understand a ways to maybe help to, in that aspect of things. But if they weren't talking about that kind of stuff, I knew that I needed to keep my personal life to myself and vent to the secretary when I got back to the office, you know, about my, what was going on in my personal life. And, 
even like if I had the crappiest day and my kid pooped all over me and I had to go change my suit before I walked out the door because the baby had diarrhea or whatever the case might be. And I was having the worst day in the world when I said, Brenda Burchard has this thing. And if y'all don't know who he is, he's a, he's a life coach, master coach, business coach. He's, he's amazing. I've been working with him since 2018 and he has what's called the door. And when you go out of any door, you touch the door frame and that's your switch. You turn off and leave in that place what was in that place. And when you walk through that door, you become the person that you need to, whether that's the door of your car, the door of your house, the door of your office. So I used to have to write myself post-it notes in my car that would say, de-stress from what just happened. When you open your car door, you're the person you need to be for the meeting you're walking into. Wow. Sharon, you are just chock full of golden nuggets you're, you're dropping them left and right yeah and um, put post-it notes on your door frame if that's what it takes yeah i mean you do whatever it takes eh? flip the yeah. switch right put a yeah. post-it yeah. note I mean, flip the switch yeah. and sometimes it's leaving that bad work day that's true in yeah. the car yep. and being the person you need to be the parent you need to be for your kids when you get in that house that's dinner awesome. time homework time fun time yeah that's, and you can cry yourself to sleep at night in bed over your bad work day if you need to <laughs> The, uh, you mentioned your, your personal life. Um, if you wouldn't mind, and if this is too far, just you know, you can redirect the conversation. But what are some of the biggest challenges you've had to, you've faced in your personal life? I mean, honestly, right now my personal life is is in, I'm in the best place in my life I've ever been. My business is growing and successful, and I don't run it day to day. I have somebody else who does that, so I just go out and speak and. And help people understand Google, you know, well, my staff who is absolutely amazing takes care of making sure if you come in as a client to us, that you feel like we becoming part of your business family. But I, it took a long time to get here. I grew up in a household where, um, you know, my family believed that it was faith family. I grew up on a huge farm, farm and fun. And that was the way our family was. When I got married, you know, when I, I met, I met a gentleman when I was 17, going into my senior year of high school, we got married when I was 20, we were together for 25 years. He came from an, a family that his parents did not like each other, but stayed married. There was not love and stuff like that in his home. And, um, you know, he didn't know how to treat somebody other than to control them and yell at them. But, and, and I just wanted to feel loved and accepted. And so I continued to fight through my marriage to try to feel loved and accepted. And the one thing I will say when it came to my career and growing how successful I was becoming in my life, he always supported that. But okay. anything else outside of work, it was, you know, it was a battle. Um, you know, he didn't like me going out with my friends. He alienated me eventually from, you know, a lot from my family. Hmm. And, you know, and, you know, he, he was just, he has changed a lot since our divorce and he is not that person any longer. And we get along really great, but it took eight years. It took till 2018 for us to get to that point. And it really became the fact that in my process of becoming, you know, going through the master class with Brenda Richard, I had to write him a letter and it was my option to send it or not send it to him, but I did send it to him and it changed our relationship after that point. And it got better because he finally understood what he did to me. And how it impacted me. Um, not everybody's going to have that same positive effect, 
but what I learned through that is when I finally, I, I didn't see myself, even though I was the really for a long time, I was the primary breadwinner in our household. I didn't believe I could walk away. And, you know, he would say things like, if you ever leave, I'll make sure you never see our children again. I believed he had that strength. Huh. And, um, and that was the hard part. And it was finally when his, his family finally sat me down and said, you have to leave. You have to leave for yourself because it's never going to get better. He was a stay-at-home dad. And I really worried that he did have the control to have our kids and me not see them. But, you know, I finally realized after I walked away and had met with a couple of attorneys and talked to people that everything I was afraid of was not going to be how it was going to come out. You know, now it took a while to resolve all that. Right. But, you know, the hard part was, is in my professional life, I was growing and successful. And in my home life, I'd walk in my door and I would be this shell of myself. And so I know there are people out there who are listening to this and they feel the same way. And just know that someone out there, God, whoever it is, is going to help you through this. And if your best place is to not be in that situation, know that you can walk away. That's right. You just have to be strong enough to stay away when you leave. Right. And I say that because he tried many times to suck me back in. And he used the threat of, of time with the kids and seeing the kids as that piece of how he was trying to pull me back in all the time and be like, if you want to see the kids, you're going to stay here at the house. You're not staying somewhere else and having the, and taking the kids there. I didn't realize that he couldn't demand that of me. So I listened to him and I would I would get on a plane coming back from a business trip one time and I was crying on the plane. And this lady goes, oh, dear, I'm so sorry. Did you have somebody die in your family? And I said, I could only be that lucky. And after I said that, I felt so bad for wishing that. You know, but it was that bad, you know, and so just know that, like, you will overcome it. It's been 13 years for me now. And. The thing I've realized is for the after that, I dated somebody else. And for six years, I was almost in the exact same relationship because I didn't know how to break the cycle. You you have to get some help. An outside voice or someone that can absolutely. speak to your life that's not involved in your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, because you or yourself, you, you're not strong enough. You know, and you have to build your confidence back up. And, you know, after it was all said and done, and after I finally had joint custody of my kids and things like that, I changed who I was because I was like, he can't touch me anymore. You know, that the divorce is final. It's behind us. And we've got a legal custody agreement that says when we do and don't get the kids. And, you know, I, I knew that he didn't have any control over me anymore. And I could move forward in my life. It's tough, but there's places out there you can seek help. Right. And a lot and a lot of it is free. So, you know, whether you go and you and you leave and you take your kids and you go into some kind of abuse shelter, and I sit on the board for two of them because I've been there and I know what it's like. And, you know, but they have counseling and they have help for you, even if that's not the direction you're going. Even if you just have to get away because you have to get away and you have to walk away from your kids, know that walking away from your kids doesn't mean you're not going to see them again. It means you have to leave for yourself because I never really thought he would harm me, but things were getting worse and worse and he was getting more and more aggressive. And 
you know, it's it it was a situation where all my friends kept thinking one day that was what was going to come next. Wow. So, but the verbal abuse, I think sometimes is, is more harmful than the physical abuse because you can, that will heal, but what they do to you mentally doesn't. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, some pieces of advice again, and what you shared has been amazing. Would you say that was a, uh, maybe provide a couple two, three, your, your top successes, personal business, just to kind of recap this episode. Um, yeah. What are some successes that, that the wins you've had in your life? I mean, so, and I'm going to say this because like last year I won an award and when I, I went up and accepted my award, I said, you know, that I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the fact that God continued to open doors for me. And I continue to just say yes, blindly, knowing that I'm going to learn something from it. Right. And so, you know, sometimes it's learning that, you know, you, you shouldn't have done what you did, but it was a learning experience and you're going to be more careful next time. And sometimes it takes you places that you never imagined. So I would say, number one, my biggest success was, and, and I had nothing to do with this, but I am adopted. And I was, I was blessed by God to be adopted by two very amazing people that I got to call mom and dad. And they taught me in my life that faith comes first. And even though I may not talk about it much in my in my professional life or even sometimes in my personal life, I have a very strong relationship with God. And I know that if I keep that, he's going to always look out for me. Right. And I think that's a very big thing. And, you know, I, I passed that down to my kids. They went to Catholic school their whole life. And I've watched them always be somebody who is caring and giving to people. And so and, and I continue to be that in my days. Um, I have business people who come to me and they're, they're broke. They have nothing. And I'll be like, Hey, we're going to help you. We're going to do your work. And as your business grows every month, you're going to pay us this percent of your profit until you get to the point that you've paid us off. And when you pay us off, we're going to start taking that profit and we're taking it, take it to the next level. We're going to add a piece to your work, what we do for you and what we do for you. We had a gal who came to us. She had come home one day. Her husband had emptied the house, emptied the bank account and taken their kids and had left. She oh had two nickels to rub together oh. and she had her own business. And she's like, I don't even know what to do. She oh. was in my women's CEO roundtable in Cincinnati. And we built out her Google business profile panel. We helped to update her website. And one year later, she was making $11,000 a month. Wow. That's what we now call stickiness. $20,000 a month, three years later. You, you, you help someone through that and that creates stickiness, loyalty. They're not going anywhere. I mean, you, yeah. you've stuck with them when no one else yeah. would. And I would say my next success is just my kids. I mean, they went through a lot when we went through our divorce and they went through a lot, you know, with their dad and he's a different person now and their relationship is wonderful with him. And even my relationship is good with him. But it took him a long time to get to where he is. It took me a long time to get to where I am. But in a, you know, the one thing I've always done is made sure that my kids are taken care of because they're growing and they need that. They need their hand, their hand held. And they need to know that no matter what happens between mom and dad, they're going to be okay. And they're always going to be loved. And we're always going to be there to support them. And this year, my daughter got married. 
She is um, an international actuary for an insurance company. She has an amazing job. She still volunteers. She still gives back to her community she lives in. She has a great group of friends. My son is in college. He's um, studying engineering to be to do engineering design for amusement park creation. That sounds and, like a fun job. <laughs> yeah. And so and and between his dad and I, we take him all over the world and let him go to amusement parks and ride coasters and see how they work and just take videos. And he's got a growing Instagram and YouTube channel because of his mom and himself. And <laughs> you know, yep. and um, you know, and so knowing that my kids are okay. You know, and I think that's the other reason why this year has just been such a great year for me to have seen my son just really flourish and and, you know, have great friends in college and watch my daughter get married. And and just, you know, and, and I met an amazing man this year and he gave me a ring back in October. And and I just, um, you know, I just feel like I, I couldn't be more blessed. I mean, obviously having my dad still alive would be great. But I see my mom, you know, almost every single day. My my family were we all live within five miles of each other. Oh my we gosh. Every Sunday. Today's world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so my kid, our, the, the grandkids are not like that. I mean, my daughter's about, my, my kids are about 70 miles away. They both live in the same city. My nephew's about 45 miles away, but they still know that Sunday is still family day and, yeah. you know, hop in the car and come down anytime you want. Yeah. So, you know, awesome. and they, and they bring their friends around. And my other thing I've always said is, is I want to be an inspiration to other people. So when I went through the Brendan Burchard Masterclass program, one of the things we had to do is write a write our life mission or success or whatever. And so I still have mine hanging here. So I'll read it for you, Tom. It says, my purpose in life is to be someone that is seen to live each day with vibrancy, kindness, and influence, to share my joy and strength with those around me, as well as influence them to do amazing things. So that in the end, I've added value to their lives and inspired them to inspire others. Wow. And that's how I try to live every day. Well, you're doing a, a phenomenal job. Some of the, the nuggets you, you've dropped uh, on this podcast has been uh, so insightful, so helpful, so much value there. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, Sharon, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for, for joining us. Uh, for the audience, don't forget to like and subscribe to Success Unlimited. Sharon, thank you again. Well, thank you for having me. We hope you enjoyed today's interview. Every week, we release two new episodes. Remember to follow Success Unlimited's podcast wherever you listen. Thanks again for listening in. Mm-hmm.